Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And the Hall of Famer joins us now on the phone lines. John, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I appreciate you. And uh, off top, John, I, I, I wanted to get a quick update. How, how did things go in Fort Myers with your wife and the house and all that? I know it's a lot of a lot of things lost in uh, in that city. My wall went right over our house and our neighborhood, and my house did not have one bit of damage queue. Others did, mainly for wind, even though we live a mile from water in one direction, and we're 15 minutes from the Sanibel Island Causeway that was destroyed. It was unbelievable. So the inconvenience was my wife in the bathtub for five hours with her ear, fingers in her ears, singing as loud as she could every song she knows because the wind she said was like standing next to a freight train coming by 100 miles an hour we had neighbors with trees in their house trees on their cars but we were very very lucky all that good living i do i guess yeah man no doubt about it god is good all the time that's that's what that's what i say that's a blessing right there john was well, good to good to hear that things are going okay uh, with you and the family and and all that I, I'm, something that was heavy on my mind all week so uh, that's great news now now we can get to some football action john how about the big elephant in the room? Obviously, it's the concussion situation when it comes to Tua, the NFL, and the NFLPA. They put out a statement. They're going to adjust the concussion protocol. What do you think is going to happen? What's going to be the, 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 the middle even that they agree on? I think it, uh, because this is such a hot-button issue, and it had died down for a while, and they made a lot of changes. But when a player hits his head on the ground and he gets up and staggers around, and then he has to go to one knee, and they say he passed the concussion protocol from now on, and he said it was his back. So from now on, if a guy hits his head, I don't care what they say about it, I think he's going to have to go through the protocol, and they may have it where they don't go back in. A lot of players get checked for concussion protocol and uh, come back in. Sometimes it's the next week, but right now, when you saw him take that second hit and his fingers be stuck the way they were and it was up close and personal on TV, a lot of people freaked out and they hope that what's going on with him now is not, uh, that it's not residual effects from the previous one, but we'll never see another situation like this again. I'll guarantee you. Yeah, no, I think that the NFL is going to overcorrect this situation because they don't want to have that hanging over their head. And you know, the, the phrase that I've learned over the past weekend was the gross motor skills, right? Or, and that has to do with the head and the back and the spine and all that. I mean, I think that, John, you're going to see these these teams and everyone be extra cautious moving forward. What do you think is going to happen with Miami with the investigation that they have going on? I think they're going to have to play Teddy Bridgewater a while. It's going to be a while before Tua comes back and they're trying to hang on. You know, Tua Tungvaluwa has been hurt every year. He's been in football and they're legitimate injuries, but it just happens to him and that's going to hurt them because as it would hurt most teams if they lose a starting quarterback. And I think um, we'll see the things be a lot stricter. What I can't understand, too, is the neuro, neurologist, the independent neurologist hired from the, the hired by the league and the Players Association, fired by the Players Association, 
and being unfamiliar with what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that say team doctors should not even be involved. And you can't listen to players. Players want to play. They're competitive. They don't want to say, yeah, man, my head's killing me. I need to come out. That's just not the way it works. No, it really doesn't. Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin have made the decision to move on from Mitchell Trubisky to Kenny Pickett. They brought him in last week, but he's going to start this upcoming week, and they're headed to Buffalo. Uh, What do you think about Pickett getting his first start in Buffalo? We knew it was coming. It was only a matter of time before Pickett played. He's a fan favorite there because he's from Pitt, and their facility is right there connected with the Steelers. They have separate entrances, but he used to say that every time he would walk in the pit facility, he'd look over to Steelers and think how great it would be to be able to walk through that. Well, he walked through it. Now he's walking out the backside as a starting quarterback, and there couldn't be a worse baptismal by fire mm-hmm. than he's going to have at Buffalo. I remember Texas quarterback Davis Mills had to start there early last season. He was not ready. It was terrible weather, too. They got beat 40 nothing. He threw four interceptions and was awful. Now he bounced back the next week. But that is a difficult place for a quarterback to have his first start, especially if it's really windy. Do you anticipate the Steelers just kind of riding him out the rest of the season and regardless how it goes, just kind of letting him get that, that, uh, that experience under his belt? I think, Q, if there's a stretch where he's really bad, and they think he's not making progress, they'll send him back to the bench and put Trubisky back in. That's what happened with the Texans last year. Tyrod Taylor got hurt in the second game, had to play. He was not ready after only 11 starts at Stanford. And then Mills struggled, and when Taylor was healthy, they put Mills back on the bench. And then when Taylor struggled, they thought Mills was ready to come back, and he was. played better than any rookie quarterback over the last five games. And so I think there's a good chance unless Pickett continues to make progress and doesn't make a lot of really stupid decisions. He could go the distance or they could sit him again, let him see it from a different perspective as a starter and then put him back. John McClain is our guest. He's from gallerysports.com, also Sports Radio 610 on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Keeping it in the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens, they obviously should have went for a field goal. Lamar Jackson throws an interception. Buffalo gets the win. What are your thoughts on analytics and how John Harbaugh, he's saying, hey, the analytics were on our side, just the result didn't plan out the way we wanted it to? DeMond, let me ask you something. What did analytics know about who's on the other side of the ball, who's in the game, who's out of the game, you know, who got hurt and is playing, but he's not as effective. Analytics are statistics based on things that have happened, but they don't take into consideration personnel. They don't take into consideration when. And those are things that coaches just have to use common sense. Now, with Lamar Jackson, I don't have a problem. I might have had him run the ball, but I don't have a problem. It backfired. Their defense is not as good. Their coach, Wink Martindale, left after great, being great for so many years, and they don't have the same defense. So I'm guessing Arbaugh, he wanted to take all the heat on him, which you should as you're the head coach. But, man, if you rely on analytics all the time, you're destined to lose a lot and look very foolish. 
All right, John, now I want to move down to the AFC South because <laughs> I've got to ask. I know that the Titans— hey, Here it comes. Hey, they're 2-2 two and two now. Here it comes. I'm just saying, hey, I'm not—it's <laughs> not just about the Titans, but I know that Trevor Lawrence, he had those four fumbles that hasn't been done this century, but how good are the Jags looking, and is there a clear-cut uh, front-runner in the AFC South to you? I think the Titans are. Mike Vrabel is a hell of a coach. He's proven it again to lose the players that he's lost on both sides of the ball— Go to Indy, beat the hell out of the Colts for a huge, huge disappointment. How in the world did the Colts beat the Chiefs in the previous game? The Colts tied the Texans, beat the Chiefs. So I think right now, barring a big turnaround by the Colts, and with Jonathan Taylor having an ankle injury, I don't see it. And so I think Tennessee is going to run away with this division, even though the Titans are not as good as they were last year. I know the Jaguars, as DeMar mentioned, Trevor Lawrence did not have a great day, and uh, it was a terrible weather day. But what have you seen from from the Jags and and what uh, Doug Peterson's been able to do so far there? He had played two really good games the previous two games. He looked like a guy that was going to be a franchise quarterback. But because the maturation process includes a lot of frustrating plays and games, it's to be expected. Now, four fumbles are not to be expected, but I bet he bounces back. Peterson's a good coach. For a situation like this, it was tough for him to go up there where the weather was bad. The Eagles are a great running team, and they have to run the ball when it's windy like that. So the Eagles are good. Now, I can't wait till they play the Cowboys. I think it's in two weeks. I guess Dak Prescott might be back, although Jerry Jones said on his radio show today he can't grip the football. Well, is he going to be able to grip it and be accurate within two weeks? I don't know about that. No, I don't, and, uh, I don't either. Well, whatever people think that Cooper Rush might keep the job, that is preposterous. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening at all, but I got to give him credit. I mean, he's helped them win a couple games to keep them in the mix, but no, uh, that's definitely Dak Prescott's job uh, to lose. And, and you mentioned the Eagles. What have you thought about the Eagles? They're undefeated still in the season. Great balance. They're the only team in the league that is, in the, that is single digits in the top nine in offense, rushing, passing, defense, against the run, against the pass. They got balance on both sides of the ball. They got talented receiver. Jalen Hurts continues to improve. They run the heck out of the ball. They play kind of old-fashioned football when it comes to the run. Led the NFL in rushing last year. Uh, I think it's a great story. Do I think they're the best team in the league? Being unbeaten, I would still take Kansas City or Buffalo, but they're right up there. Yeah, no, they are. They're they're doing a really good job. Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, bringing it back home, John. Uh, the Raiders pick up their first victory of the season. Four games under their belts now in the 2022 season. Is it officially preseason over? Now is it time to go full steam forward? Do you think you'll see a lot better play moving forward now? Well, I feel bad for the Raiders, the way they lost and the way they lost those close games. People who were so frustrated 0-3, they were going to they knew they were going to start winning some games. You know, that big game coming up with Kansas City will be crucial. Maybe they'll catch the Chiefs like the Colts did. Mm-hmm. Doubtful, of course, because of that rivalry right. and the bitterness between the two franchises. But the Raiders are not one of the worst teams in the league. I don't care what their record says. they got too much talent. they got balance. You guys know that Sunday nine players rush for at least 100 yards, seven of them won. It's like they're going back to, to old-fashioned football and still letting the quarterbacks throw it all over the place. There's more two-deep coverage now. 
lot of teams are trying to keep everything in front of them, make the offense run the ball, have long drives, and if you can't stop them, settle for a field goal. So that's one reason scoring has been down, although the way, the way Detroit's going, the scoring may be back up because they're the high-scoring team in history at this point. And the biggest surprise in the NFL, hats off to Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the Seattle general manager, Geno Smith. What an unbelievable story. He has just put 48 on the Lions, and he was the best quarterback in the NFL this past weekend. Never thought, never thought I would say something like that. Never thought I'd even Nobody. hear that. Nobody. <laughs> never thought we'd be talking about Geno Smith like that. Well, John, we'll close it out on this. The Raiders, they picked up their win on Sunday. They were a team that had no wins. Now the Texans are the only team that don't have a win, but they do have a tie. But they've been very competitive. Are you kind of surprised? Uh, are they going to be one of these teams? Let's put it this way. Are they going to be one of those teams that are really going to be very, very competitive? They might not win a ton of games, but you can see that they're getting better. They have lost four games in the fourth. I'm sorry, they tied one, and they've lost three in a row that they had a chance to win in the fourth quarter. Now, if you win one, maybe it gets contagious. But if you keep it up, then you're going to start losing. Instead of by by seven or one score, it's going to be two scores. And they're still not very good. And everybody here right now is talking about getting the first pick and getting a franchise quarterback. Well, that's what the conversations were last week until the Raiders picked up a victory over Denver. So I know how those conversations go and how the sky is falling. So there you go. John, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? I'm writing a column for Gallery Sports uh, that will be out Thursday morning about how the greatest college football coach in history came to the NFL. That would have been Nick Saban, defensive backs coach at Michigan State, coming to the Houston Oilers in 1988 and how he got the job over another coach you guys have heard of named Pete Carroll. It's it's timely because Texas A&M's playing at Alabama in a game we thought would be the game of the year, but the Aggies, whew, just got blown out by Mississippi State. The luster's off that Aggie Rose, but still, it is Alabama and A&M. It's a big deal in this part of the country. Yeah, it really is. And before I let you go, we were hanging out with Jason Fitz last night. And, of course, uh, he has a lot of uh, admiration and respect for you, as I do as well. So uh, he wanted to make sure I, I passed along a hello, too. So uh, that's from Jason. <laughs> Jason, I mean, Q, thank you very much. Jason, like you, is one of my all-time favorites. Thank you so much, John. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right, there he goes. John McClain right there, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610 on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And Jason, how, how, how high was Jason regarding uh, John last night? Oh man, so high! It's like it's so interesting how you guys both had the parallels of how yep. this one man basically changed your careers yep. for the both of you, and he also mentioned the both of you in his retirement column. Yep. and you guys high fived about it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Small victories, Demond. Small victories. We'll take them while we can get them. Many thanks to John McLean right there from GalleriesSports.com, also Sports Radio six ten three sixteen. Is the time when we come back, we'll hear from you from what you've seen so far from this Raiders defense. How good do you think they could be the rest of the way, and what type of season? do you see for the Condor, Mad, Max, Crosby, Spreader Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 3.30, I had an opportunity to catch up with Cleve Furl in the Raiders locker room following Sunday's game. Also, we, uh, we as the media had an opportunity to catch up with Devontae Adams, so you'll hear from both of those guys coming up around 3.30-ish 
Uh, me and Klee was just one-on-one, and they're both only a couple minutes long, but that's some really good stuff. And really, today is the last day that we're kind of looking back, reflecting on what was a Raiders victory, and then we'll really start turning the page tomorrow and start looking ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, we get an extra day since Monday is the game, and we'll have a, we'll have a different time frame as far as the show goes. Uh, I believe JT is going to do 12 to 1. Myself and Damon will do about 1 to 3.15, and then we'll pass the sticks back to JT and Eric Allen for the official pregame show. Of course, we'll be at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. That's where we're going to be the whole night watching the game. So uh, if you want to have an opportunity to come on out, hang out. They have a lot of great prizes that they'll give us. We've been giving out a ton of stuff, having a really good time. Monday night at the Oyo's where we're going to be watching the entire game. So uh, definitely encourage you to come on out and hang out with us. But just know that our, our, our normal times for the show will be slightly different because the game is on Monday night football. Uh, let me hit this Sam and Ash text line real quick. It's 69187, keyword R&R. A couple topics that I threw out there to you today. From what you've seen so far from this defense, how good do you believe that they can be? Me personally, I think they can be really good. I really do. I was excited about Patrick Graham when he was uh, hired to be the defensive coordinator. And I know there's been a few moments so far this season where, you know, the soft zone, I haven't been a big fan of, but DeMond, we talked to Deontay Lee last week and he kind of broke down why they're playing that soft zone. Right. And so the explanation made sense. I would like them to be a little bit, you know, up in the grill of these guys and, and, and play a little bit more man. And, you know, there's been, even on Sunday against Denver, there was times when Russell Wilson was throwing the ball over the middle of the field and it was just a big, Wide open gap. You know, there was a gap between the linebacker and the safeties, right? And there was a big area just wide open like some old school TV antennas. And Russell Wilson was able to complete some passes. So they still got work to do, but I think that they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, they're trending in the right direction. And I do think we had a caller earlier and they mentioned how Patrick Graham's defense, they didn't beat the Chiefs, the Giants last year, but they made it competitive. They only right. lost by a field goal. And one thing that I've learned from Patrick Graham, just listening to him every Tuesday, is that he enjoys the watching of film, mm-hmm. that the football game, it's a chess match for him. So I think that he's going to, it's it's up to the players to execute, but I do think that this whole week for the Raiders, he's going to be coaching them up and putting players in the right positions to succeed because that's part, that's one of the joys that he gets out of coaching us hey Patrick Mahomes does this well well we're going to do our damnedest to take that away absolutely so the question what you've seen from so far from the defense how good do you think they could be and what type of season do you see from Max Crosby what do you think he could do the rest of the way now that there's four games under their belt wanted to hit this text line a couple times real quick Jason in Maryland said Q just curious did negative Tom ever text you I remember him saying that uh Denver was going to smash us lol and no haven't heard from Tom Tom's my guy I know he'll chime in at some point he'll have a good funny stat or something that he'll say but no Tom was very active last week I mean at the end of last week on Friday when I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, man, it's like me and Tom are homeboys. That's all I saw on the text line was Tom, 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 Tom. And uh, yeah, I haven't heard from him yet, but hey, look, the Raiders are one and three, so uh, I'm not up here bragging or doing any of that stuff, but yeah, it's always good to hear hear from Tom and see what he's got cooking. So uh, as I say that, he'll probably hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R. Uh, also, Raider Chavez in the 916 at Sacramento, California. I uh, actually got an opportunity to meet him this past weekend. He said, I'm still getting over my three-day weekend in Vegas. I'm happy to come home with the Raiders win, but the Chiefs scare me. They've had our number lately. We can't let Kelsey beat us. I hope our defense has an answer for him. Again, Raiders Chavez in the 916. And yeah, that's the thing. You know, I wonder how the Chiefs offense is going to try to attack the Raiders defense. And please believe 
That's what they're going to do. They're going to try to attack the defense. They're not going to try to, you know, take, slow it, slow play it or anything and just see what the Raiders' defense looks like. They're going to try to attack. And a lot of times, and I'm not trying to pick on the guy, but a lot of times they attack 24. They go and look for uh, Jonathan Abram and they attack him. That's just something that they've done as of late. I want to see how, you know, what it looks like. How Patrick Graham, you know, is, again, like you said, DeMond, it's a chess match. So the chess pieces are going to be moved. How does Patrick Graham go up against Andy Reid? How do those two really defend, you know, go up against each other? What move is Andy Reid going to make? And what counter move is Patrick Graham going to make? Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. What's up? What's up, Q and Devon, man? Hey, you just you kind of just took the words out of my mouth, man. This defense is – I think the weakness is, is just that John Abrams and the, and the passing and – and coverage, man. When he's at the line doing his job there, if there's a, some way that the the DC can to find a way to maybe just always keep him there and put another, maybe keep a Meek on the field as another cornerback to play that role in the area that Abrams is always playing because that is the biggest liability is him in pass coverage, man. And as I'm sitting here and whole thinking, waiting to talk, like who do we really have that can guard Kelsey? If we take Hobbs away from one of the the wide receivers. I mean, then we're going to leave one of them. I, I don't know. It's just like I, I don't know how they're going to, what they're going to do with Kelsey, but I do believe there's, there is a remedy that can stop Kelsey, and that's putting Mahomes on his ass. That's it. You put that man down, we're going to be able to not have to worry about him. Get at him, Max. Max is on it, man. I, I, I don't know. I still wasn't really happy with breaking him and Yannick up. I think there was a young duo that was going to go somewhere, but he's going to have to get some help on that other side this week too, Q, because they're going to try to double Max. Every team, I believe, is going to try to double Max from now on until Chandler can get, get breaking free, man. So it, it, Max's season is only going to go as far as his teammate on the other side helps him. His teammate does his job, Max is going to be all pro 15, 16 sacks. I, I don't know if it's the whole season if they're going to be able to just keep going, let him go one-on-ones or however he's doing it because he's going to draw a lot more attention. So I hope we can put Mahomes down. I hope we can lay him down. And I just hope we can lay him down and he just goes down and walks to the sideline. He's done. That's it because this dude wrecks us, man. So let's go. That's all we Put him down, Q. Put him down. There Thanks you go. Passionate Raider right there, put him down and swear. I'm not trying to make light of it, but every time he said put him down, I kept thinking of like taking the old dog out back. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> That's what it kept sounding like. Then it sounded like, it's like man, you're going to go put him down. You got to put him down. Like it just, it's so funny. I laugh at this because I used to work with a guy in Central Texas named Butch Henry, and he was the dude that had been around forever, right? He was an old dude, a super old dude. I mean, he had been with the radio. That's a Texas name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Butch Henry, uh, he's passed away at this point, but I mean, he, he was super old. Like, I I literally thought he was going to pass away on the air. He was so old, right? I mean, that's, but, and he used to say that to me. You know, he, he'd see me in the hallway. I'd be like, hey, Butch, how you doing? Well, I'm still alive. <laughs> so, so funny. So one day he had a bad show, right? And you think that he's an old cat, right? So he's not really worried about having an old, a, a bad show or not. And I said, uh, what's up, Butch? He's like, I just had a terrible show. And I was like, oh, it'll be all right. You'll be all right tomorrow. He's like, I ain't going to be no tomorrow. They're going to take me out back and put me down. <laughs> but he said it all country and I started dying. <laughs> so every time he kept saying, put me down, all I could think of was old ass Butch. Henry getting put down <laughs> and we had at our radio station we had a whole grass field behind us so it's almost like it was almost like yeah that could actually happen <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Butch Henry though he was a good dude 
But yeah, man, he, when he said that, he said, there ain't going to be no tomorrow. They're going to take me out back and put me down. I was dying. I thought that was the funniest thing I had ever heard. But he, I mean, my mom is my witness. He was the, I mean, you could tell he was the old country dude on the show, right? I mean, he was super. He was like, he like came with the station, right? I mean, that's how old he is, right? He just was kind of like grandfathered into having a job. He didn't, nobody that, I, I don't know who hired him. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I just know he was grandfathered into having an opportunity to work and then, Finally, they moved on from him at some point, but uh, it was it was close to the end at that point. But uh, good, good old good old Butch Henry. Let's go out to New Jersey and talk to our guy Mitch. Mitch, welcome to the show. How you doing, Q? I'm blessed. Hey. You see, so am I. You got to remember that. Thanks for reminding me. Hey, you know, Steelers for Bone Pickett. I mean, I I think Mitch had a better day. I mean, Pickett scored two touches, but he threw three interceptions. That's kind of funny. You know, Mitch, it'd be a good backup. Um, I think Crosby is like the third Bosa. He's the third brother, but you know, I know that I'm just, just making a comparison. He's gonna have a good year. Um that's gonna be a tough game Monday night. And I don't know how the I don't know how the Chiefs lost. I don't know how they won lost. This Mahomes, he's like Aaron he's like Aaron, um not Aaron Judge, but he's pretty he's still stuck on sixty one by the way. But I know. he's like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady with wheels. I don't know how he's I don't know how he lost the game. He's playing. He's playing. I think they're going to win it just all this year. Can't see. You know that would really uh, help his uh, record because he's not been doing. He hasn't done too well in, in the, you know, coming January, February. It's like one on one, right? Sure, I'm one one Super Bowl. Kind of like Aaron Rodgers too, right? He's stuck on one. There you and go. He always, it always will be. Hey, thanks for that, Q. I appreciate the call, my man. Good to hear from you. And yeah, you know, look, the, the thing about it is. Every team ain't always going to have a good day, right? So, and look, the Chiefs lost to to uh, the Colts. The Colts beat them. You know what I mean? And that's just that's just how it goes sometimes. I mean, you just, you know, the Raiders could win the game. The Raiders went to Kansas City, and I know it was, uh, you know, pandemic and there was hardly any fans there, but they went there and won the game. And look, the one thing I said about the Raiders consistently is they have the weapons. They have the talent on the team to compete with anybody, but they can't play two quarters, flat out. If they don't show up for the first two quarters, it's church. Just It's a wrap. Kansas City's too good of a team to not play four quarters. If they end up playing a four-quarter game, you could have something. We could be looking at the end of that Monday night football game as we're sitting at the oil watching and be like, man, man, hold up. This could be something. But they've got to play four quarters. The defense has shown that they can do it. Can the offense play four quarters? You know, can can Devontae Adams get some real meaningful big-time yardage? Can he make a big difference? Can they continue to run Josh Jacobs? I mean, there's so much. And like I said, we're going to break down the game. We're going to talk much more about keys to the victory. We're going to talk to a lot of Kansas City Chiefs insiders, all that good stuff throughout the course of the week. But there, there's, no, there's no doubt they have the talent to compete with Kansas City. They just got to go out there and do it, and they gotta, they've, they've got to do it for four quarters you want to take one more call take a quick break yeah let's get one more and we got raider dave in denver welcome to the show raider dave what's on your mind hey q and demand you guys remember rope a dope right yeah buddy Muhammad Ali. yep that's right so just like a chess match if you make a move to where you know where they're gonna go that way you can attack where they're gonna go and i think that's exactly what needs to happen with all the hot reads that are supposed to go to kelsey you know that's where they're gonna go so you know how to attack them and i believe that if Abrams can just run right through him about four or five times in the first quarter, things are going to change really quick. But do you think Diablo can cover him off the line of scrimmage? 
Ah, uh, good question. I don't know. Diablo, in my opinion, has kind of struggled so far this season. I don't think he's played at the level that I was hoping he was going to play this year. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's just, you know, not having Denzel Perryman out there very much. I know Perryman was out there early in the game on Sunday, and he looked good. I mean, he really did. And I just, I don't know. Diablo, to me, he's got more work to do. Maybe it's the game Jayon Brown has a big game. I mean, there's they, they brought in certain guys for certain teams and certain things you know like they they saw a vision they saw how this guy plays into what they want to do defensively so maybe maybe Jayon Brown ends up being the x-factor this week I don't know but like I said we'll talk about the game upcoming the matchups we'll talk about all that uh coming up later on this week 333 is the time we'll take a quick break when we come back you'll hear my one-on-one conversation with Cleve Furl and uh our media session that we had with Devontae Adams following the game on Sunday this is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got a couple text messages I want to get to real quick. Sam and Ash text sign a 69187 keyword R&R. Raider Glock said hopefully we get Rock and Averett back this week. Blake is a great pickup. We need a linebacker to cover Te- Kelsey. And Blake is really good in... Uh, like the Denzel Perryman role, like the guy who's going to go and, and and rack up a bunch of tackles. I wouldn't consider Blake a great uh, guy who's going to, you know, be in coverage and, and trying to cover Kelsey. I think Jayon Brown may be the best one out of that group to be able to do that. Uh, but Rock and Avery getting back, that would be great. Uh, obviously, uh, Averett was on IR, so he's eligible after four games, and there's four games in the book. So he is eligible to come off of IR. Don't know if he's going to. We'll see what happens. But that was a guy that... You know, you looked at him and you saw what he did last year in Baltimore and you thought, man, this is a guy that could play that press man coverage and really probably help out this Raiders defense. And he was on a one-year deal, so he thought he'd really try to ball out to get a contract extension and hasn't had an opportunity to get onto the field. So we'll see what happens. I got another text real quick uh, from the 209. I believe Mahomes loves to scramble to his right side with Crosby working on the left side. I believe we have a big chance in containing Mahomes' thoughts. Um, Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But Mahomes is just so stinking good, right? I mean, he's going to roll out, and he's going to do what he's got to do, and he's going to find a way to get away from from a defender and just find a way to make plays. There's certain dudes that just make plays. And the one thing I know about Patrick Mahomes, even going all the way back to Texas Tech or even uh, um, uh, high school when he was at East in East Texas, uh, um, what was it? It's not White River. It's uh, uh, White House, White House High School. I mean, he was ma- he's been making plays for a very long time. The dude is is just that's just who he is. I remember exactly when he was drafted. Being in Philadelphia, I was standing at the bottom of the Rocky Steps, and I, I will remember this until I die. That guy, man, when the when when the Leafs uh, decided to trade up. I knew immediately before they announced why they traded up. I just knew they were going to get Patrick Mahomes. I thought, oh, my gosh, that dude's going to go up against the Raiders twice a year. And, well, I mean, he he hasn't disappointed on their end. I mean, the dude has been a stud. And, like I said, when I covered him in the Big 12, he was fantastic. He didn't win a lot of games because he had Cliff Kingsbury as his head coach. And Tech wasn't great. But some of the shootouts I saw, I mean, if you want to go back and look, if you want to go back and look at some of his college games and the numbers that he put up in college and the touchdowns that he would have and Texas Tech would find a way to lose games. It's the reason why Kingsbury got fired because he wasn't a very good head coach. 
Then he goes to USC to be the offensive coordinator. Before he ever coordinates one game, he ends up getting a job as a head coach in the NFL. Like, I don't know how you fall up, but he sure did. He gets fired in college and ends up in the NFL, right? Before he ever really had to even sit out and try to uh, get his career back. You know, most guys, when they get fired somewhere, they go to Alabama, they resurrect their career, and then boom, they're a head coach again some, somehow, some way. That's what they do. Bill O'Brien will probably be the perfect example of that. He'll probably be a head coach uh, following this year. They're on the uh, the staff of Alabama. So, yeah, Patrick Mahomes has been a dude, uh, a playmaker for a very long time. Let's go. Uh, I want to go back to the Raiders locker room. Uh, the final two uh, sounders or sound bites that we have from the Raiders locker room on Sunday following the victory over the Denver Broncos, 32-23. Uh, one, I had an opportunity to catch up with Cleve Farrell. It was late in the process of being in the locker room. We were waiting for Max Crosby and uh, saw Clee. He was already dressed and so I thought you know what let me go holler at Clee he, he made some good plays today let me see how he's feeling about this Raiders defense so here's my one-on-one conversation with Clee Farrell here in the Raiders locker room with Clee Farrell and Clee you guys come off your first victory defense played outstanding what what was the what, what did you feel the energy from the defense today uh, I just think we just had a lot more of a getting settled in you know what I mean it's the fourth game I think we're really buying into the system now and you know coaches has made it a lot you know easier on us so you know we kind of got to uh just go and play and not think a lot one of the things that everyone had been talking about is play four quarters it looked like you guys were able to do that today did you feel better about the performance throughout the course of the whole game all uh, right yeah most definitely I think regardless of um however you play throughout the game when you get a win you got to celebrate that it's so right. hard to win this league yeah. you know even though sometimes we make it hard on ourselves but regardless man you got to celebrate it because they hard to come by. The other team is definitely trying to do something about that too, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. yeah, it's really hard. So Amit gets his uh, his defensive touchdown. Yeah. He hadn't touched the ball in the NFL for a while. He gets an interception a couple weeks ago, and then he yep. gets an end zone today. What did you think about when you saw Amit getting an end zone? My boy Fish, you know what I'm saying? He got them big eyes, and so when he, <laughs> his eyes light up whenever he, he made any play, so it's exciting. You know, I'm happy for him always. I always say, I feel like he's going to say something funny. Yeah, because he, he, he look know, like it. He got, that, he got that Louisiana accent. Yeah. He's small, you know what I'm saying? So people be like, who is that little dude? I'm like, yeah, he's a baller. So that's what it is. That's my guy. How do you guys build off this one knowing you got Kansas City next week? Uh, I think, you know, we, we erase it. You know, we put it to bed tomorrow with the film, and then we go from there. You know, we got a big test. Um, so coming week, division game, you know, somebody who we obviously – driven to compete against, so it's going to be a good one. You know, Denver, they run the ball really well. You guys did a great job slowing them down, and then Russell Wilson obviously is a, is a dog as well. How, how difficult was that, just, you know, being on that defensive line and trying to contain them? You know, I think the biggest thing, regardless of the fact um, that helped us a lot, is not just getting guys on the ground, but putting getting the ball out. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of helps to come to run a lot, you know what I mean, making ball carriers. Because when you punching balls out, it makes the ball carriers a lot more hesitant to really cut it loose, you know what I mean? So yeah. they were kind of and that would made it a lot easier on us. So. Final question for you. How about your teammate, Max Crosby? What did you see from that That's guy? my brother. That's my brother. You already know. You already know. He balling. So, got to keep, just keep growing, keep grinding. And, you know, he's set to do great things. Just got to keep pushing. Congratulations on the win. Oh, yeah. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you, my man. There he goes. Cleve Farrell right there in the Raiders locker room following the victory on Sunday versus Denver. And you hear what he said about Meek Robertson. You heard what he had to say about Max Crosby. And everyone to a T had that to say about Max. Like, that's my brother. You already know what to expect. That dude, he goes hard in the paint from Josh Jacobs to Devontae Adams to Meek Robertson. I mean, everyone that had anything to say in the locker room, they all gave the props to Max Crosby. And you have to because Max Crosby does exactly that. Let's uh, go back to the Raiders locker room real quick and hear from 
obviously one of the big stars on the Raiders squad, the one that they went out and made the big move for. Uh, didn't have a breakout game on Sunday, but still I thought he was very effective on Sunday with nine catches, about 100-something yards, no touchdowns, but he had about 100 yards and nine catches. Thought he did a good job. Uh, came up with a big first down on, uh, on what was it, third and third and 13 or second and 13. He goes and picks up 17 yards. Uh, had to break a tackle to get there. A very big play on the Raiders' drive when they needed that big play. So here's Devontae Adams in the Raiders' locker room following the victory. How much of a relief is it from just this locker room to get through the first three weeks like this? Huge relief. I mean, I don't think anybody was panicking too much, but once you start, you lose a certain amount of games, you know, you make it tougher on yourself for down the road when you, you know, you do have a hiccup where, you know, you kind of want to build up some slack early on. So it's good to put that, um, you know, behind us a little bit. We still got to go win some games, though. I mean, this is not, it's the standard is to, to win games. You know, it's hard to do, but. Um, I think we head in the right direction now. You guys got Josh going today. You know, how much does that open things up for you and the rest of the receivers when he's looking uh, like that? I mean, it does a lot for it. I mean, they gotta they got to play a little bit more honest. Um, you know, not as much to shell, you know, obviously. And if they do want to do that, then that's the product you'll get. You're going to see a, you know, our running backs being able to get downhill and, and go make some positive plays. So you just got to be able to stay on top of that. And, um, you know, like I said, positive plays early on, especially is something that's big for us as offense. So being smart and just, just you know, Letting the games come however, you know, they're playing it and, uh, you know, making them pay for the mistakes they make. The matchup with you and Pat Sertan was talked about a lot this week. What did you what did you think out there? He's a good player. He's a good player. My first time going against him, I got, got a lot of respect for what he can do. So, um, you know, obviously it was a lot of what I've seen before, you know, as far as the help too, but made a couple plays. I think he's a good player. How does it feel to get your first win as a member of the Las Vegas Raiders? feels great. It'll, be, it'll feel a lot better once we keep racking them up and, and you know, continuing to build off of it and, and um, you know, use this as momentum. AJ said that Mac Collins is a Devontae Adams of special teams. <laughs> what does that mean? He's a superstar. Superstar, yeah. I mean, he's a superstar all around to me, so um, I love that he embraces it the way he does because I've seen a lot of players have, you know, a little bit of success in, on offense or defense and then feel like they're above special teams, so to see a guy like that you know, get mad during the during the week when he's not able to cover a kick, uh, you know, full speed, um, rather than doing a doing a half speed drill. I mean, that, that says a lot about him and why he's able to, you know, kind of translate that to offense as well. So, um, you need a Mac on your team, and I'm just glad that he's on our team. Speaking of superstars, with Max Crosby, just his second half when you watch him just go like that, because <laughs> they're. I mean, that's that's I, y'all call him MC Max Crosby. I call him Manchild. I know he's like 22 years old or something like that, but he, he, he played like he's got a motor different than anybody I've ever seen, um, period, let alone, you know, a young player like that. So, like I said, just like with Mac, I'm really happy that Max is on my team because if he's in the division, that's somebody you don't want to have to deal with twice a year. There goes Devontae Adams in the Raiders locker room following the game, and you hear, again, more praise for Max Crosby. Manchild is what he calls him, right? Young dude, but he plays, man. He he, he goes hard in the paint, and he he's a he's a young guy continuing to work and grind and get better and better and better. I I really don't think you could talk enough about Max Crosby and what he's able to bring to the table. And the one note I'll give you: Adam Hill will always find a way to bring special teams into the conversation. He will always, no doubt about it. You heard what he said. AJ said that Matt <laughs> Collins is the Devontae Adams of special teams. That's the punter and a special teams ace. I'll tell you, I love Adam Hill to death. That's our guy. He held it down today at the presser. He will always find a way to bring special teams into any conversation that you're having. I can't remember the exact presser, but I think at one presser, the Raiders PR team, their media relations, they were they just had to shut Adam down a little bit. It was like, let's keep it the football questions only, guys. <laughs> because it's like, hey, 
AJ, would you rather fight a bear right. or a lion? That's and a Mac Holland's <laughs> conversation too. Mac Holland's has those conversations in the locker room with the guys, and they start trying to debate it, and then somehow it's, it, it trickles into the media room, and then we start asking. And especially with Mac Holland's, whenever he gets on the podium and starts talking, he's just. He's so funny. And then A.J. Cole, he has a hell of a personality as well. And, yeah, I, I remember that day. Shout out to Jade. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's so funny because everyone gets rolling. And, I mean, you know, it's it's. I think it was towards the end of the media session anyway. And so there was, like, multiple questions, multiple questions. And she felt bad. Not – she didn't feel bad, but she felt bad for, you know, even having to say – or saying that just because she was like, well, I just feel bad for them because, you know, they keep getting peppered with questions that aren't really about football or whatever. But it was it was all in good fun. So uh, no big deal. I did bring that up at our media dinner one uh, night, and uh, she wasn't too happy with me. So so shout out to her anyway, though. That's that's our people. So she does she does a good job over there uh, helping out with the Raiders and their, their PR staff and, uh, you know, getting us, getting us the access that we do need. So there you go, uh, Devontae Adams in the Raiders locker room. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Saul. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What up, Q? What up? Hey, man, I got to meet you this weekend at the Rockstar Bar and Grill, man. It was my yes, pleasure, sir. man. You got your cool, cool people. Hey, I wanted to ask you, though, uh, man, dude, what do you think about White, man, and, and with Jacobs? you think we should play him more? And, and, and I think that could be a good one-two punch, man. What do you think? I do, too. I, I agree. Thank you for the call, my man. It was great to meet you. And, yeah, I do. I think that th- those two could really, uh, really help. You know, pound the pavement for the for the Raiders. You know what I'm saying? Like they they could really be a strong run team. You know, a, a great duo right there. And of course, Josh Jacobs is going to be the guy that's going to lead the charge. He'll have more carries than than Zamir. But you see what Zamir is capable of doing. So if they sprinkle him in there, and it's funny because Josh McDaniels talked about that uh, yesterday when he met with us, and he said that you know Zamir's ready to go, but Josh just isn't. He's not trying to come out the game. Josh ain't trying to tap out. He's He's got that, you know, go, 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 go. And I, I'm not mad at him at, at all for that. I mean, that's who Josh Jacobs is. At some point, they will get that nice one-two punch. But those two right there, they could be special together. They really can. I would like to see them together for a couple years, to be 100% honest. That would, that would be me. But I don't know how all that's going to shake out. That's not, you know, that's that's not for me to know until it's, it's time for us to know, right? So, uh, But I, I think that at least moving forward this year, they definitely could be a good one-two punch. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Who we got up next, Damon? Raider Ness out in Santa Clara. Uh, Santa Clara, Great America. What's up, my man? Welcome to the show. Uh, Great America. Uh, thanks for having me on. They're about to shut down that place in like 10, 12 years or something. Man, yeah, isn't that so, crazy? Um, that is crazy. It's like a staple around here. Like I remember my mom worked there. My mom, my aunt worked there. All My other uncle worked there. Like Our cousins worked there. It was a staple around this community. I but, saw, oh, well, con- I saw concerts crazy. there. I picked up on girls there. I mean, man, I had, I, hey, I did the damn thing <laughs> there, man. You know how it go down. Yeah, we know how it goes down. I'm married now, so... Uh, Besides the fact, uh, I just want to give a big shout-out to Amir Robertson, man. That guy is a fighter uh, when it comes down to it because I've been a longtime Raider fan, and I've heard of – I heard when he got drafted, like, I, was it 18Q or 19? I, I don't I, when he got drafted. Oh, I man, I believe it was – I know he was – everyone was pumped up about it. I, I want to say it was 18. I want to say this is his I, fourth year. I, right? Like, but going off that, it's he's been through a lot just of kidding. change in the Raiders organization. <laughs> And there's been a lot of people that have came in here and have saw something in him and have been willing to keep them. So shout out to those people also for keeping him around in the Raiders organization because this could have, could be a diamond in the rough. And also 
shout out to Mayak. I know he's not here anymore. Just forget him, Hobbs. Hobbs mm-hmm. is our second coming of Charles Woodson. I'm telling you this right now. As soon as I seen him the first year, I knew there was something special about this kid. And then hearing him this past training camp talk about taking on Devontae Adams, like he's he's a dog, man. He's yeah. that dog that we needed out there on the field in the defensive back. And everyone feeds off his energy, and I love it. Thanks for having me on, guys, and I'm feeling really good about the Kansas City Chiefs game. Let's go, Raiders. There he goes. Raider Ness right there out in Santa Clara. He's married now, so he doesn't talk about the experiences of Great America. I'm married too, but hell, I can still live my best life in Great America. <laughs> he don't even want to relive those memories. <laughs> he wasn't living his best life like me, man. I was out there filming videos. I was, you know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like uh, Mary when Snoop said at the award, if you don't want the, the producer all dancing in your videos and or whatever, and you know, that was uh, Suge Knight and all them. Yeah, man. I was like Diddy in the videos, man. I was ready to make it happen at Great America. Saw a lot of concerts there too, and uh, thanks to Demon, he uh, Amico was drafted in 2020. I don't know why it seems like it feels like it's been a lot longer that he's been part of the team, but uh, yeah, 2020 is when he got drafted. So there you go. I stand corrected, but thank you so much for that call. We do appreciate you. Let's get one more in real quick. Who we got? Gangster Raider. Gangster, welcome to the show. Yeah, if you don't want the producer all dancing in the videos, <laughs> there you go. Speaking all on the records. Come to death row. There you, you know go. What I'm yeah. Hey, hey. Well, one thing: Did you realize that the Las Vegas Raiders have never lost to the Denver Broncos? Yep. I said I said the Denver Donkeys. You know what I'm saying? The Las Vegas Raiders are undefeated against the Donkeys. But what I want to say is, I'm um, I think we can beat Kansas City, but we have to do the right things right. You know what I'm saying? We we got to focus on scoring. We got we got to like like old boys say, no minus fours. We got to have all touchdowns against them. And we got to have somebody who's competent in coverage. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say no name, but we need somebody that's confident in coverage to shadow Kelsey. You know what I mean? If we can do those things and apply pressure without having to send extra guys, we got a good chance of beating them. You know what I'm saying? But I just want to tell everybody in the Raider Nation to stick your chest out. Every, every time you see a Donkey fan, let them know. We own them. You know what I'm saying? The Las Vegas Raiders have never lost to y'all. You know what I'm saying? And we can um, go on a run in division, but we got to play right. We got to do exactly what we need to do. And the play call, it has to be more focused on the run. You know what I'm saying? Not even just Josh Jacobs. We got all those running backs. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get at least two runs to each running back. You know what I'm saying? If, if nothing else, you know what I mean? And if we can focus on the run and make um, Waller look like R. Kelsey, we got a good chance to win. You know what I'm saying? But Raider Nation, stand up, soak in this win. You know what I'm saying? The team finally showed up for us like we finally showing up for them. And I got a feeling they're going to keep showing up because they learn how to win and they learn what not to do. You know what I'm saying? When you learn what not to do, and Carr even started to take off and run. How long have I been asking for that? We you know all have, brother. <laughs> we all <Thank> have. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like I told you, we need 38 points a game to um, win this season. Now, so far, we're averaging like 21, 21 and a half, 22 points, I think, before this game. I'm not sure, after yeah. the Denver game. But if we can get up to 38, like I said, we should be hard to beat. I don't care who it is in anybody, Kansas City, um, the Bills, anybody. If we score at least 38 points a game, our defense looking like they, we can beat anybody. That's all I want to say. And let me give it to y'all for the first time this year. Let's go. Go on. Keep it gangster. As you were. There he goes right there, Gangster Raider. As you were, Damon. And Damon laughed when uh when Gangster Raider said uh talking about Darren Waller and he said he said that that he could be R. Kelsey and you thought he said or it, the look that you gave me, you thought he said R. Kelly. <laughs> Cause I know that's what you were thinking, wasn't it? 
It's exactly what I was I told thinking. You, I knew it. Because I, I was like, is that a diss of some sort? No, I was like, no. He okay. said R. Kelsey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew. The way you looked at me, I was like, oh, he thinks he just said R. Kelly. No, he definitely did not say R. Kelly. That's a whole nother conversation. Even I ain't going there. 356 is the time. We're going to kick off hour number three of the show. We'll do it with Lincoln Kennedy, our good friend from the Raiders radio broadcast, former Raiders offensive lineman, big time player for the Silver and Black. He'll join us on Raider Nation Radio 920.